to the Train Your Mind podcast. I'm Vanessa Forrester, and I teach athletes how to up-level their performance without buying that next fancy bike, training more, or even racing more. Your next breakthrough performance is closer than you think. Are you ready to train your mind like you train your body? Stick around, and I'll teach you how. Heads up, this episode was originally recorded under a different podcast name, so you might notice me refer to it. I brought all of the episodes here so that you can catch up on the party. Enjoy! Hey athletes, and welcome to episode 14 of the Mental Endurance Podcast. Before we dive into this week's topic, I want to address something that I've noticed coming up in my coaching this week. The problem that I want to talk about may or may not be entirely relevant to you, but the solution that I want to offer, I actually think is relevant and available for all of us. So as we're making our way towards the end of February and into March, we're starting to receive some like race updates and some more reschedules. And because we're not entirely out of the woods yet when it comes to COVID-19, We don't actually know for sure if and which races will go on this year. And I've noticed that there are two camps of athletes. One camp are those athletes are training as if the race is happening until they hear otherwise. And they don't really give much thought to whether or not the race may be canceled. And then there are others, the other camp, who give a lot of attention towards whether or not the race might or might not be happening. So they spend a lot of time researching, looking up Facebook group posts and um, whatever other posts there are. I'm not sure. Um, We're all in one of the two camps. And the reason I bring this up is because it's important to pay attention to where you're spending your mental energy. I'm not here to say that one camp is better than the other. You get to choose how and what you focus on always. But how and what you choose to focus on is determining how you feel before, during, and after your training. I encourage you to consider how what you're thinking about the potential state of racing is impacting your training. I am always under the assumption that if you're here listening to this podcast, it's because you want to build your mental endurance. And that mental endurance may be needed and used for whatever different reasons are happening in your life race goals, life goals, whatever. The common denominator for all of us is where our focus goes, energy flows. So if during your long run, you're questioning why you're even out there because your race might be canceled, this is breaking rule number one of building mental endurance. Presence. At least give your training the presence it deserves. And then if you want to go back to spending mental energy on your race calendar, it is always available to you after your training session. I think you'll find though that the only time you really want to think about it is during the session. And that's because your brain loves to offer you distractions from the task at hand. If you start to doubt a future race, that can offer you a reason to like back off intensity or micro quit on an interval. And that's just what your brain is looking for as a reason not to focus. So pay attention to when that happens, redirect and refocus. Okay. One more thing on that. Actually, if you're asking, if you find yourself asking the question of like, what's the point, 
Think about what you gain from your training beyond the ability to race. So last week on the podcast episode, I talked about self-concept. Who are you and how you show up in the world? And how much of that would you attribute to your relationship with sport? When you train, do you feel more confident or maybe connected to yourself and then also to others? Maybe you feel calmer. Whatever it is, that's the point. The race, (laughs) that's just icing on the cake. (laughs) All right. Today, we are talking about self-limitation, otherwise known as self-sabotage. This is a topic I get questions on often because no matter your performance level, you likely deal with it. Self-sabotage doesn't discriminate based on performance level. (laughs) And that's just because we all have healthy human brains. So what I want to do is shed light on what it is, why we experience it, and how you can have more power over it. Now, there are many ways that self-sabotage shows up, and today I'm going to address it from one specific angle, which is fear, and specifically the fear of failure. And what I mean by that is when we allow our fear of failure to be the reason why we self-sabotage. So while we need to talk about the sabotaging behavior, definitely, That's not actually the most important piece of the puzzle here. So before we can get to the what it is and how to stop, we must pass through why, why it's even happening. So why do you self-sabotage? Why do you self-limit even when you know the behavior does not support your short-term goals, your long-term goals, or any goals for that matter? Why do you feel out of control to change the behavior in the moment and then judge yourself harshly after the fact? The short answer, the emotion fueling you in that moment. Fear isn't always a bad thing. Also, failure isn't always a bad thing. And if you haven't listened to my podcast called How to Fail the Right Way, definitely go back and listen to that one. I think it's episode three or four. So fear isn't always a bad thing and failure isn't always a bad thing. But avoiding failure because of fear leaves you at odds with your intentions and goals. Fear is an emotion and failure comes with a whole host of emotions, disappointment, embarrassment, sadness, shame, anger, just to name a few. And a fear of failure is quite simply a fear of feeling those emotions. So let me say that again. A fear of failure is just simply a fear of feeling those other emotions, disappointment, embarrassment, sadness, shame, anger, whatever the case may be. Those emotions are uncomfortable, and most of us wouldn't choose one of them given the choice to feel any emotion out there. And most most of us will do everything in our power to avoid emotional discomfort. And that just comes back to the evolution of our brains. When you take it out of the box, its default settings are always avoid pain, seek pleasure, and be efficient. So without reprogramming, your brain will naturally avoid pain in any form, and including emotional pain or emotional discomfort. This will always be the case unless you start making decisions that reprogram or rewire your brain to think differently, which then opens up for you to feel differently, including any emotion. 
Why do you think it's important to feel the whole variety of emotions? Why would that be important for us? If we have thousands and thousands of thoughts per day, and the majority of them are subconscious, that means there are a large number of them that are associated with negative emotions, negative thoughts, negative emotions. Each one of us has our own experience with this. But when you make yourself more open to feeling the negative emotions as much as you feel the positive, you learn that your capacity to perform at a high level is correlated with your capacity to feel all emotions. I remember every time I used to get a hard bike interval session, I would do the same thing literally every time. I would read it in my training plan and then I would reread it all week. And I'd be on that edge of preparing mentally, hoping it might magically change and psyching myself out. Every time I'd look at it, my first reaction would be, gosh, this is going to hurt so bad. And I'd start anticipating the worst case scenario where I don't hold the power targets or I don't make the full duration. I would be so nervous, less about the actual doing of the session, but more about the potential for failure. And for me, that failure was attached to embarrassment that I didn't make it. And so the nine times out of 10, I would underperform by holding back my watts for fear of blowing up, or I would quit early for fear of not being able to make it through. And what was really happening was that I was scared. I was scared to feel embarrassed. I was scared to fail the session. I was scared to have the conversation with my coach about my inability to complete the session as written. I let my fear make decisions for me, and it decided to sabotage my goals by quitting on this session. My fear led to anticipation of what might happen, which led to quitting ahead of time. This is because self-limitation and sabotaging behavior in its simplest form, simplest form, is a safety mechanism. When your brain is scanning the world for danger and it sees a bike session as an opportunity for emotional pain in the form of failure, it would rather choose the safety of quitting to keep you as close to your status quo as possible. You have a fear of failure because your brain has evolved to avoid pain and you sabotage because your brain has evolved to be efficient. So my friends, it's not you, it's your brain. Those self-sabotaging behaviors show up in many different forms. Sometimes it's quitting on a session. Sometimes it's staying up too late before an early morning session because hashtag Netflix. Sometimes it's one too many dessert indulgences or glasses of wine. And sometimes it looks like resistance to planning your schedule to make sure you get everything in or even like skepticism of your training plan. Sometimes it's conscious, but often it's subconscious because it's the efficiency of your brain that's kicking in. The more it can keep you in comfort, the less likely you are to experience discomfort, which is a win for your brain. Whatever the behavior is, it starts with anticipating the worst case scenario and wanting to avoid failure at all costs out of fear. And all of it happens to keep you safe and more comfortable. Whatever your goal is, There's a part of your brain that will always be resistant to it because it's in conflict with your status quo. Think about that. Your goal is in direct conflict with who you are now because it's evolving who you are to who you want to be. Of course, your brain is like, whoa, 
hold up, don't do that. If it's not you, and instead it's your brain, the best thing about that is you have agency to change it. Your brain evolved that way because it was needed. That safety mechanism isn't needed in this context. And every action is actually a choice that you're making. So when you are more aware that this is what's happening, you have more awareness of when you can make a different choice. The easiest time to spot this is when you're in the self-sabotaging cycle, like smack dab in the middle of it, about to quit on an interval, looking at the clock and noticing how late it is, about to pour that next glass of wine, or even on the race course and about to walk when you don't really need to or drop out of the race. You know when that time is. You know it. Be honest with yourself. Your higher brain knows that this choice is in conflict with what you really, really want. In that moment, you have to be willing to give up what you want now for what you want most. What it takes is the awareness of what is happening, it's just your brain doing what it was designed to do, coupled with a solid commitment to your goals. Awareness and commitment is your ticket to changing the cycle. What's happening now is that you're prioritizing avoiding failure instead of prioritizing your commitment. That's it. But here's what changes when you stop the self-limitation behavior by addressing the fear that's causing it. When you see sessions in your training plan or get ready to race, you stop fantasizing about the worst case scenario. You see both possibilities. You open up to accepting any outcome because you have so much commitment in your personal effort. You believe in your ability to feel whatever potential emotion, disappointment, embarrassment, anger, if things don't go as planned, but also excitement when it does go as planned. This is an integral part of building mental endurance. When you stop being scared of feeling emotions, your courage and commitment can take center stage, and you no longer have the need for self-sabotaging behavior. But the beautiful thing is, if you happen to slip up and end up back in that cycle, you see it faster and have more compassion for yourself, which makes it way easier to get out of. If you limit yourself out of fear, now you know why. Now you get to make a different choice. And one micro-commitment will lead to another, which will lead to another, which will lead to another. Fear is not a problem. You are also not the problem. You're not broken. You just have a healthy human brain that's ready for reprogramming. I have no doubt this will change a lot for so many of you. Go try it. Get after it. Have a great week. And I'll meet you right here next week. Hey. It's me again. If you want more juicy tips on how to train your mind, hop on my email list. The link is in the show notes. As soon as you join, I'll send you the 10 triathlon truths your tri coach hasn't told you. And then I'll drop in your inbox weekly with new tips that will change the way you train and race. See you there.